Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. My name is Wags, and with me as always is Dane. Hey, Wags. How's it going, man? Good, good. We're doing our positional breakdown podcast here. So uh, if you like what you're listening to now, uh, we're doing them for every position heading into training camp. It's going to be a really competitive season uh, heading into September. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we're also on social at, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Lombardi's Legends. So please follow us, like us, review us. We appreciate all the feedback. And um, just if you're new to the show, uh, just so you know, Dane and I, uh, we're just a couple of regular guys fans and owners of the Packers, uh, longtime fans and owners. We um, really just love our Packers, and, and we're not trying to be uh, giving some angle or, or want to be media guys. Uh, we really just want to give a voice, uh, that fan voice, and we really just want to focus on the Packers and the organization community, um, all things Packers. So we don't talk a lot about ourselves at all. Uh, we really like to just talk about the players and the team. So uh, we're, we're really focused on that pretty much all the time when we're, when we're doing these pods. Yep, so sit back, relax, agree with us, disagree with us, and listen to us break down these position groups. So Wags, as we always like to say, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. in horseshoes and hand grenades There ain't no second place in a Lambo It's a whole new game You either go big, go hard, or go on back home You got to feel it in your gut You better want it in your bones Cause you're Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast and today, Wags, we are talking about the tight end position, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And we've got a good group here, and I am excited to get right into it. Let's do it, man. So it looks like uh, Jimmy Graham's back for another year in Green Bay after a lot of talk that maybe he was going to be gone. He seems to have a lockdown on this position going into 2019. Absolutely. And I think both you and I would have agreed that it was best to get another year or two uh, of Jimmy Graham and that. I think last week proved to be an aberration, and I fully expect that he's going to come back strong and have a great season here with the Green Bay Packers. Um, and even if he didn't, there really wasn't any other better alternatives as a position for what they were paying Jimmy. So even for those that weren't as high on bringing him back, there wasn't another clear pathway, so it made a lot of sense to roll the dice and hope that we get a better year in year two. And Wags, I, you know I've been a supporter of Mike McCarthy's over the years, um, but how much do you think Jimmy Graham's lack of production, and he, if you look at his numbers last year, ended up being pretty good, but how much of of the, I guess, the missed um, – uh, expectations really went into just the play calling uh, of Mike McCarthy because it seems like at times 
the Green Bay Packers were not using Jimmy Graham with the best of his abilities. Well, I really appreciate you asking that question because you're feeding fuel to the fire here. <laughs> uh, I think we saw it. We saw it in the lack of creativity in the play calling and the way that they were trying to use Jimmy Graham. It was so obvious. They split him out wide one-on-one in the red zone, tried to force those throws to him. And everyone in the stadium knew what was coming. The defense and the other team's players and coaches knew what was coming. They made it easy to defend. Uh, and there was no other, it was a one-trick pony. And they really just didn't have an understanding of how to properly utilize Jimmy. Because at this point in his career, he's not going to go high point the football in quite the same way that he could in his prime. I'm not saying that he can't still do it, but it's not going to happen in the same way that he was doing five, six years ago. So uh, you need to be able to move him around a little bit and let Aaron do what he does best and, and roll out, um, do some misdirection, some play action. And Jimmy Graham's going to get the job done. So I firmly believe that there's going to be plenty of opportunities this year, and, and I'm not just paying it lip service. Um, they, and maybe Coach McCarthy would have figured that out, too, to be fair at some point. But he wasn't able to do it in the first year, and now he's gone. So we're moving on, and, and let's see what Jimmy can do under this new coaching staff. I couldn't agree more, and I think collectively, as we start to talk about the other guys that are on this roster, um, while I don't know if Jimmy Graham is going to be a 1,000-yard receiver this year, I do think collectively out of this tight end group, we have a 1,000-plus yards of receiving uh, talent on this roster. So looking down the list from there, uh, we have a lot of guys at this position right now in camp. In addition to Jimmy, we've got another five tight ends uh, on the roster. So that's six tight ends total currently in Green Bay. Um, i got to think with this new offense, we're probably going to keep three, but I would argue we're probably going to keep four tight ends in this list. So let's uh, look at another guy who was on the roster last year. Again, maybe wasn't utilized the way we had hoped in Mercedes Lewis. I think Mercedes definitely getting up there in age, but the guy can throw a block, understands the system. And um, while I think we are both probably a little bit surprised he came back, particularly after some of his comments at the end of last season, um, I'm happy to have him back in Green Bay because I think he's a really calming, steady presence and a guy who can push linebackers and defensive linemen around. Yeah, I'm happy to have him back too. I mean, it's just one more season. And I, I don't know how much Schlager Mercedes is going to play for, but he's one of, if not the best blocking tight ends in football. Clearly, that's going to be a point staff in this offense. He's got that connection with our new offensive coordinator and Coach Hackett um, in the time that he spent. Um, and they both spent together as the members of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So certainly, I'm sure Coach Hackett was very vocal in – if they didn't want to bring him back, they wouldn't have. So uh, they must like what they see from him and have a at least a solid enough relationship that they wanted to bring him back into the fold. I don't think we're going to see a ton of production from a catch and touchdown standpoint from a guy like Mercedes Lewis at this point. But I would be a little bit disappointed if we didn't get more out of him in that regard than we did last year. And at mm-hmm. least if we're getting the same presence, as you said, in the, as a blocker uh, in the offense, um, I think we can get a little bit more. It would be hard to do. He's a huge target, and he doesn't need to run his way open. If there's a lot of 
play actions uh, as we talked about. I was I thought he could have gotten quite a few touchdowns last year if if we would have been utilizing those sets properly. So I, I think we're going to see a few touchdowns from Mercedes Lewis this season. Um, but probably won't get more than 20 catches or so. That would be pretty optimistic. But uh, I, he's definitely someone that I would expect to make this final roster as well. And then that kind of, not to, to take away your thoughts, Dane, but okay. a guy like Jay Sternberger, um, rookie, we didn't invest in someone like that where we did. I'm uh, not expecting uh, him to be on the field at some point this season. How big of an impact remains to be seen, but that will be definitely something to be watching for in practice and in preseason. How ready is he to be a member of this offense scheme? Oh, my gosh. And you know what? I think the tight end historically in the NFL is one of those harder uh, positions for guys to make an impact in year one. Uh, but that being said, we take this kid in the third round. Uh, after last season at Texas A&M, uh, he showed a ton of production um, as, a, as a receiver at tight end. I'm optimistic about his blocking ability. Uh, here in uh, in Green Bay, I know it's probably going to take a little bit of time for him to catch up. Uh, but that being said, I do think that he's going to be able to be a weapon in our offense. The, this kid, I mean, he's six foot four, two hundred and fifty one pounds. I mean, that's a big guy. Another big uh, target for Aaron Rodgers. And it's not like we're sitting here asking him to be tight end one or even necessarily tight end two production. We're asking him to learn the game behind one of the best blocking tight ends the NFL's seen and behind one of the best receiving threat tight ends the NFL's had in the last 10, 15 years. And um, hopefully he's able to glom some of the blocking ability of Mercedes and some of the receiving ability of Jimmy Graham because I do think that we could be seeing an emergence of another new number 87. I know Jordy's gone, but Sternberger wearing the 87 – we could be seeing him in Green Bay. I have, I, I'm optimistic and think we could see him for the next 10-plus years as a member of the Green Bay Packers. I really do think he could be that productive. And you just hit on it, which is, is the key factor and why they may have wanted to bring a guy like Mercedes Lewis back. It's so hard for young tight ends because they have to not only learn the block part of the game but the receiving part of the game. So they're working with you know two different units with a lot going on. Um, so having Mercedes on the team could really unlock a guy like Sternberg who could just perhaps focus primarily on his role as a receiver in year one and not say that they won't want him to be learning those uh, blocking schemes. But if necessary, it gives them the luxury of using him as more of a developmental role as a blocker, and he could still have an impact as a receiver in year one. Uh, because of uh, the role that Mercedes can have in, in filling that uh, void if necessary. So I think that's a key point that you just made there, to have those two veterans to learn from. And it, it affords Chase the time to catch on and, and get up to speed at, at both uh, spots if necessary. But I definitely think he's going to be more ready as a receiver from day one than he is as a blocker. Sure, and, and just moving on then um, from him, because I think we both have a ton of high hopes for him, are you as pumped up about Robert Tunyon Jr. as I am? I thought he showed a ton of talent in year one, but I think that uh, 
in looking at some of the early results from training camp, his blocking apparently seems to be improving a little bit, and I think that was a real key for him. Is he somebody that we should be watching out for here in training camp? Well, I definitely think that they're going to be taking a long look at uh, Tanya to see if he's made a step forward this year because um, he's the guy that they carried on the roster all year last year that didn't have a huge impact but certainly had a flash play with a long catch uh, and touchdown when they played the Seahawks in Seattle, turned some heads. Um, and so he's the guy that they're definitely going to want to see what they have. Uh, if he's made a step forward, I would expect him to not only be battling for a spot on the roster, but maybe even be in a few more sets um, on Sunday. So uh, it's, he's a guy that I think still has some, some talent and, and some improvement uh, that he can bring to the team. He's, uh, as you said, a young guy and uh, has uh, developed as a blocker. Uh, he's a little bit undersized yet, but we would like to see what we have in him. And if he's made a step forward, I definitely think that he's going to solidify his spot as, as kind of that number four with tight end. Because I agree, I think we carry four, um, possibly five, but I think we'll probably end up carrying four. So to me, it's is Tunyon a guy that has locked down that spot, or is he opening the door for uh, a couple of these other guys to step in and perhaps steal that final roster spot? Sure. No, and I and I I'll tell you what I think that he is on my end at least. He's one of those breakout kind of guys because they're going to be mixing in all these tight ends potentially in this offense. So I agree. I don't know if he's necessarily a lock, but I also and I'm sure you wouldn't be surprised either if you know the first practice uh, preseason game of the season you're seeing some flashes of some real talent. Uh, and some athleticism because uh, you're right. In addition to that big splash play against Seattle last year, thought he played pretty well on special teams. I mean, it was he had a I thought a reasonably impressive first season after a very strong preseason to make the roster. So I'm I'm fascinated to see what he can do and put together in year two. But he does have some guys that you're right that are pushing maybe behind him. And um, I'm looking at probably first at Evan Bayless, uh, number 49. Uh, the tight end, big kid, six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds, and uh, some Packer fans might remember Evan from last year. Uh, he's one of those guys who um, he was uh, part of the practice squad last season. So I think that um, you know you look at what he did in the practice squad. He ha- he's bounced around the NFL and some other rosters. Uh, he could potentially be a threat uh, to to crack this fifty three. Could he not? Yeah, I mean, he has the size. He was a highly recruited player and uh, played at Oregon. Primarily to be a, a pass receiver, more so than a blocker. But uh, as I said, with a guy like Tunyon, if he's not taking a step forward, that opens the door for a guy like Bayless to, to come in and make some plays and steal that roster spot. So uh, he was a part of the program all year last season. Now, granted, we've got a new coaching staff coming in. Uh, but I think uh, he is someone that we should watch out for in camp. If he can level the playing field with Cunningham, and those two are in a battle, it could just come down to that last couple of practices, that last preseason game, uh, to, for the coaching staff to, and, and the front office to decide who they decide to keep and who may be looking for a job elsewhere. And he, and he seems to me, if, if he's not able to crack the 53, he's definitely one of those guys that I'm circling as one of our 10 practice squad players. 
Um, I think he's in an offense where we are going to be cycling in different tight ends. You've almost got to assume that the Packers will carry a tight end in the practice squad during the season, and he just seems to be the kind of guy that if he can't crack 53, he does have that potential with that big body. He could maybe take up one of those spots. I agree. Uh, he's a little bit of Chase Sternberger and Jimmy Graham light, so he could probably do a lot of the same things. Granted, we don't expect that he'd be able to do them as well if he needed to step in, but uh, it's uh, always nice to carry a guy like that but on the practice squad that is similar-ish in what they can do out on the field. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And let's round out this tight end position. We uh, claimed uh, Pharaoh McIver off of, uh, excuse me, McIver off of the uh, waivers from Jacksonville in June of 2019. He's one of those kids that went to Florida International. Another big guy, I mean 6'6", he's listed at just a hair under 260 pounds. Um, but, you know, has started some games there. He spent some time at North Carolina State before he transferred to FIU. So kind of an interesting path to the NFL, spent some time on the practice squad. Um, but there's clearly something there that the Packers like in him. And, again, potentially, do you think that there's a connection, again, to the Jacksonville program due to Coach Hackett? Yeah, um, I think he is the second guy uh, right there with uh, Evan Bayless that if Tony and all or he's, he can join that panel to steal that fourth spot. And I was just going to say that exact same thing. Uh, if Coach Hackett has some familiarity with him, and he said this is a guy that's worth a fly on, let's bring him into camp and see if he can push, see what he can do. Um, he's got a big body, big frame. Uh, he's, he's someone that's been part of a few different programs, as you mentioned. He was originally signed by the Steelers as an undrafted free agent. So he's been on a few teams and a few different staffs. And I, I think probably, you know, it's, it's always interesting when you get these second-year guys that are still kind of battling to find a job or steady work in the league because they've been through the reps. They know what to expect a little bit more. And so I think Farrell is a guy that uh, clearly has some talent. Um, granted, as an undrafted free agent, but uh, I think we should uh, consider him someone that is maybe a little bit more of a long shot, but certainly has a chance to come in, as good of a chance as anyone to come in and, and earn a spot on the roster as well. And Wags, I mean, that, so that's the guys on the roster, but I think uh, we would be mistaken not to mention uh, I, I look at up and down this roster, and as cuts start to be made, especially now, if folks remember, they used to cut down from 90 to, I believe, 75, and then eventually 53 in the preseason. That's gone. Now it's 90 to 53. So it goes quick, and a lot of guys hit the street really quickly off of NFL rosters. And as I look up and down the uh, the positions in uh, in Green Bay, I think that potentially the safety position, but more likely maybe the tight end position could be a place where the Packers, as cutdowns occur, could add a, a tight end or talent either to the practice squad or potentially if the right fit develops to the regular season roster. So I don't know if this position is quite settled even as we make our way through camp. Yeah, certainly if there's areas where they can improve the team, they should definitely do it. And hopefully there's no key injuries to this position because that would certainly impact that decision-making as well. I 
would have a slight disagreement, perhaps. I think it's more likely that it's going to be a practice squad guy. They've got their two veteran ends, and they've got two, two to three young guys that are going to be uh, growing into the position over the next season or two. I think they're pretty well balanced with this group, and it would seem to make sense that they would roll into camp with the group they have, uh, kind of maybe both for this season and then an eye for the future if they don't bring a guy like Mercedes Lewis or perhaps even Jimmy Graham back next year, depending on how these new young guys develop and if they're ready to go in, in year two and year three. I love it, man. I love it. This is exciting. We're heading to camp on Sunday to watch these guys in person. Um, any of these guys that we just talked about in particular that you're going to be watching closely? I'm really going to be looking at both Tunyon and our first look at Jay Sternberger. So I really want want to see what we have there. Uh, but I'm going to be very curious to see if Tunyon has made that step forward here this season, for that season. The biggest factor for him is going to be that blocking and the consistency in his route running in the pass game. If he's done that, I think he's certainly not a lock, as you said, to make the team. But he's going to have a clear upper hand, I think, out of this group. Well, I think we said it all, Wags, and we appreciate everybody for listening. Of course, download us, comment on our stuff, follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, my closing words are go, pack, go. Go, pack, go.